Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. Hope you all had a Merry Christmas and enjoyed the holiday weekend. The NFL action last week was entertaining. On Christmas Eve, the pretty much full slate of games capped by a really good Saturday night matchup between the Steelers and the Raiders, which Pittsburgh won late on a touchdown from Kenny Pickett to George Pickens. It basically led to one of the big stories now. The Raiders benched Derek Carr for the final two games. They're going to start Jarrett Stidham, who has experience in Josh McDaniel's system. We'll see how that goes. And then on Christmas Day, the three games, the ratings were outstanding for the NFL. Completely demolished the NBA ratings. It's not even a contest between the two leagues. Not that ratings and popularity are everything, but it says a lot that the NFL, regular season games, just ordinary regular season games, really, they can totally outpace NBA Finals ratings. And now just two weeks remaining in the regular season. The games are back to Sunday this week, New Year's Day. And then also we have the college football playoff games and other big bowl games. But the college football playoff games on Saturday, two of them, the semifinals. So I'm sure a lot of you will be watching those too. But for the NFL Week 17, it's kind of a weird one. Chargers just clinched a playoff berth last week. We'll see what they do the final two weeks. Teams like the Niners and Jaguars have said they're going hard. Well, the Niners are still alive for the one seed and playoff seeding in general. So so a weird week. We'll run through it pretty quickly. Every matchup, starting with tonight, Thursday Night Football, the Cowboys face the Titans. The main team that makes Week 17 weird right now is the Titans. They're going to play in what's essentially the AFC South Championship game in Week 18 against the Jaguars. So they're looking ahead to that instead of trying to go hard on a short week to get a win. Derrick Henry, he's listed as doubtful with a hip, but really it's just probably maintenance. He gets a heavy workload, and they want him ready to go for the regular season finale next week. But the thing to watch for the Titans is, I'm assuming Malik Willis will play. He needs the reps. And we'll see how he in the past game, if they can get something going against the tough Cowboys defense. For Dallas, coming off the big home win over Philly last week, staying live to win the NFC East. If they win the next two and the Eagles lose the next two, the defense forced four turnovers. They gave up some yardage, big plays to both A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, but they got to stop when they needed it at the end. Forced four turnovers, and after an earlier inception on a great play by Josh Sweat on a pass in the flat, Dak Prescott was outstanding, including most notably to see Lamb, who's emerged as one of the top receivers in the league, as many expected entering the season. And we'll see how tonight goes. Cowboys are big favorites, obviously. I would expect them to win. But we'll see how close, uh, even resting guys, a tough Titans team can make it as they look to get back on track with the win somehow. The Cardinals face the Falcons. Arizona coming off another close loss on Christmas night to the Bucks. They had the lead in the fourth quarter, eventually lost in overtime. I thought Trace McSorley did a fine job in his first career start. They couldn't get much going to DeAndre Hopkins. But I think McSorley really showed he could be a really strong backup in the league. The third to Hollywood Brown was a highlight for him, a deep ball. And I think McSorley really can have some maybe Taylor Heineke to him a little bit. And he was a number three quarterback for the Cardinals all season. We'll see if he can get a number two job this offseason. The big news for Arizona is J.J. Watt is retiring after the season he announced. Played his final home game last week. Still playing at a very high level. I believe it's nine and a half sacks he has this season. Had three sacks a couple of weeks ago. And he can still get it done, but he wants to move forward with the rest of his life. Three-time Defensive Player of the Year. Battled some injuries, but is no doubt a first ballot Hall of Famer. 
He's the only player in NFL history with two seasons of 20-plus sacks. And his 2014 season, which is legendary, the Texans finished 9-7 and seven and missed the playoffs. He had over 20 sacks that season, scored five touchdowns. And I think if Houston made the postseason, he maybe would have won MVP. I remember me personally back at the time, I think he had an excellent case to win the MVP that year. And my thinking was that if they did make the postseason, he might have had a good shot to win as a defensive player. But one of the greats, and he'll be missed, and I'm sure he'll, he and his teammates will be playing hard these final two weeks, trying to get on the board with a win. They faced the Falcons team that predictably was in another one-score game with the Ravens last week. Rookie running back Tyler Algier, he ran well again, getting a lot of touches as the Falcons look to see what they have in him and a lot of the guys heading into this offseason, which will be the third year under Arthur Smith. Should be a close game, and it'll now be he's out of the concussion protocol. Colt McCoy will be under center again for the Cardinals. The Dolphins face the Patriots. Something definitely didn't feel right in the second half for Miami with the way Tua Tangabella played three interceptions against the Packers in the loss on Christmas Day. And unfortunately, it turned out he suffered another concussion, his third of the year. Well, really, it's I guess it's two officially, but I think just about everyone knows in the Buffalo game he suffered a concussion, which they claimed was a back issue. So it's a scary situation. Wishing the best for Tua. I don't think we'll see him again this year. I don't think it's wise to play him again and risk a fourth concussion in a matter of months. So now it'll be Teddy Bridgewater stepping in with the Dolphins coming off their fourth straight loss, now 8-7, and seven, in danger of losing their playoff position in the AFC. But Bridgewater, he's a veteran guy. He'll probably take care of the ball. And, of course, he has Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Mike Kosicki, if they get him more involved on offense to work with. This matchup comes in Foxborough. Patriots coming off another close loss. It looked like they might get blown out. Last week in the first half, they were down 22-0. Totally stepped up in the second half, especially the defense. They might have won the game if not for a late fumble by Ramondre Stevenson, which looked like it certainly could have been ruled that Ford Progress was stopped before he bounced back and reestablished footing a bit, and then the ball popped out or was punched out. So New England at 7-8, that's now three really close losses. You could say this for a lot of teams. But it's been notable a few plays maybe could have swung some games with the officials coming into play in a big way. Could easily be at 10 and 5 right now. They haven't felt like they're a 10 and 5 team, but could easily be at 10 and 5 if some things went their way. And look for Bill Belichick to rely on the defense and hope Mac Jones and the offense takes care of the ball. And there's been talk about the dirty play by Mac Jones, or a lot of people calling it dirty, of him on a return by the defense almost out of the play. I guess Eli Apple could have maybe caught up and blocked somebody, but Mac Jones went back and cut down at Apple's legs. Thankfully, no one was hurt. Again, maybe it wasn't dirty by Jones if he did think Apple was catching up to throw a block, but we've seen a little bit too much of this type of stuff from Jones. I'm in favor of playing hard, but he seems to go to the edge of the line or cross it a little too much. And he's a young player, but he might need to cut that out or he's going to have defensive players, I would think, going after him. And you don't really need to put an extra target on your back. And this is a big two games, I think, for Jones. I'm very high on him. Was extremely high, especially coming into the season. 
on his ability after his rookie year. But a big two games as the Patriots look to win two straight and get to the playoffs. And they have the Bills looming next week, which we know has been tough for them. Eagles host the Saints. I thought Gardner Minshew did a nice job for the Eagles last week. Guys were running open to some extent, but Minshew showed strong accuracy, quick release, gave guys, especially Devontae Smith, who made some spectacular catches throughout the afternoon, opportunities to make plays. Minshew is at least one of the top backups in the league, and I think we'll see if he gets another shot this week or next week with Jalen Hurd still dealing with a shoulder issue, or potentially both weeks. But he might be playing himself into a starting role for another team next year. And again, the four turnovers, that was costly. Defense didn't play well either, especially against the pass. The run has been, that was an issue at around midseason. They plugged those holes, and that's been a strength as of late. But the past, he had a hard time with Prescott, CeeDee Lamb and company last week. But it sounds like they're all motivated to get back on track. And we'll see if they can against the Saints team. Remember, they had the draft pick of. So a win for the Eagles would be a double positive in getting a better draft pick from New Orleans and also securing the top seed in the NFC. For the Saints, definitely playing better as of late. That comeback loss to the Bucks was really tough and really hurt their chances to win the NFC South. But they want to keep things close and see if they can win at the end like they did last week at Frigid Cleveland. And Alvin Kamara wants to be more involved uh, on third downs, especially like as a receiver. We'll see if they can get that going against the Eagles. And there were some rumors that Sean Payton might return to coach the Saints next season after a year off. Sounds like that's not going to happen. They're going to keep Dennis Allen. And, but remember, Payton is under contract with the Saints. So if he wants to coach again, that would set up an interesting situation in the offseason in terms of compensation. The Giants face the Colts. New York put the Vikings on the ropes last week on Christmas Eve. It was the usual recipe for them. Daniel Jones throwing some pinpoint passes all, all year, really. And in past years, too, it hasn't led to team success or really great overall success for Jones, personally. But he can throw some lasers over the middle, right in the numbers. And he's been performing with what I think most would say is one of the worst receiving groups in the league. And Isaiah Hodgins, who was a practice squad pickup a couple of months ago, he's been big for the Giants and has emerged as a trusted target for Jones. And Saquon Barkley, again, ran well last week, picked up positive yardage all afternoon, and eventually it felt like it was a matter of time, broke through for a touchdown run. And New York's still looking to clinch a playoff spot in the first year under Brian Dable. They face a Colts team, giving Nick Folger a shot over the final three games. I think he can still play in a good situation, play well. This isn't that. This isn't a good situation. Offensive line hasn't performed this year. He needs superb protection, and then he can sit in the pocket and distribute the ball nicely to receivers. Not happening with the Colts. Defense is playing well, playing hard still. The offense just has been essentially broken all year. But I like the way Zach Moss ran on Monday night against the Chargers, really the past two weeks. And I think they need to get him the ball more, especially as a runner, to take pressure off everyone else on the team, including Foles and the defense. The Panthers face the Bucks. Tampa Bay, again, they had the comeback win over the Cardinals on Christmas night. The first game, actually, that Tom Brady played on Christmas Day in his career, which is surprising considering how long he's played. Defense got pressure in some key spots, including early in the game against the Cardinals. A lot's been asked of the defense this year. They haven't always held up. 
offense simply hasn't broken out like they have expected to, considering they have Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Russell Gage. And a big part of that has been the offensive line. Brady has to get rid of the ball a bit too quick to stay upright. But they put themselves in a position where they win this week. They win the NFC South and get in, and who knows what can happen when you have Tom Brady at quarterback. But the Panthers, they totally shut down the Bucks in the first matchup, one of Tampa Bay's worst games of the season, which I guess is saying something for the offense. And the formula for Carolina has been just run the ball a ton. Deontay Foreman was NFC Offensive Player of the Week last week after the win over the Lions. And after the game, Dan Campbell, he was kind of like excited about it. He uh, told Panthers interim head coach Steve Wilkes, he was like, great job. That was, you guys destroyed us pretty much, is what he said, with some colorful language in there. And I think Wilkes has coached this team to to position where he should get the full-time role this offseason. And a big one for them, obviously, looking to, if they went out, they win the NFC South. And the key, I think, is Sam Darnold keep taking care of the ball. Like he's done a good job of. Broncos face the Chiefs. One of the other big stories of the past few days, the Broncos fired head coach Nathaniel Hackett during his first season after 15 games. I feel for Hackett. It was a tough spot for him. Guys not performing, including Russell Wilson. But it was just a matter of time. I said before, he was a lame duck coach. New ownership group came in after. Hackett was hired. It's tough getting fired the day after Christmas. Maybe they could have waited two more games. But I think the ownership group of the Broncos was just flat out embarrassed with how bad they played and the sideline issues for the Broncos in the blowout loss to the Rams on Christmas Day. And they go to a Chiefs team. Kansas City plays really well at Arrowhead late in the season. Handled the Seahawks last week. One positive for the Broncos, they had a good offensive performance and probably Wilson's best game of the season against the Chiefs earlier this year, a few games ago. Patrick Mahomes threw three interceptions in that game. So I would expect Mahomes to be locked in at home as Kansas City looks to stay alive and potentially get in position for the top seed in the AFC, depending on what happens. Monday night, the Bears face the Lions. Chicago hung around with Buffalo a little bit last week, but the Bills, they just had too much. Good news for the Bears. Justin Fields, he's showing some good things as a passer. You could say still has a ways to go, but it's a positive that opposing players, including Josh Allen after last week, are saying great things about the second-year quarterback. And there's a shot the Bears get the top overall pick. I would think they'll probably keep Fields. Give him another year so they could potentially get a lot in return for that pick if another team is interested in moving up, whether it's the number two slot or if they do jump the Texans for the top pick. And for the Lions, discussed how the Panthers destroyed them and Campbell, he wasn't bashful about it. They just got dominated. So you would think they'll be ready to go this week in a potential bounce back effort, looking to make the playoffs as a wild card in the NFC. And I like the fight that Jared Goff showed in the passing attack. Made the final score perhaps more respectable than it actually played out in the field. The Browns faced the Commanders. I'm expecting a low-scoring game in this one. Cleveland was in position to potentially win the game last week. They just couldn't get it done. I still think, I mean, last week the conditions were dreadful in terms of the cold. And I still think 
Deshaun Watson, he's just not good right now. He shouldn't be throwing the ball that much, in my opinion. And we'll see. They want to get a couple of wins to end this year, I'm sure. We'll see how much they feed Nick Chubb and also Kareem Hunt, who might be going after the season. And for Washington, they benched Taylor Heineke, going with Carson Wentz, who played at the end of last week's loss to the Niners. I understand where Ron Rivera is coming from with the move. I'm sure he figures Wentz gives them a bit more upside and maybe a shot to win a Super Bowl if the defense especially gets hot. They have plenty of skill players on offense, including Jahan Dotson, who continues to flash, rookie receiver. And he probably figures Wentz has a better shot of elevating his play and playing like one of the top quarterbacks in the league. However, keep in mind, I mean, Heineke got a win at Philadelphia, the likely top seed in the NFC. So it's kind of interesting, despite knowing where Rivera's coming from. The Niners were, of course, a tough draw last week, and they should have an easier time getting Brian Robinson Jr. and the rushing attack going against the Browns this Sunday. Final 1 o'clock game, the Jaguars face the Texans. Doug Peterson, love his mindset. He says they're going hard, and they'll never, ever not think a game is meaningful. So I think this confirmed, and it's probably part of why I said it, the decision to bench Jalen Hurts in his final season with the Eagles, final game with the Eagles, to basically get a better draft pick was not his idea at all. And fans have kind of forgotten about it because the Eagles have become really good again. But it was a situation that didn't really feel right. And I don't think Peterson was happy with that. So despite the importance of Week 18 against the Titans, Jackson will be going hard this week at Houston. And Trevor Lawrence, again, last Thursday night against the Jets, took care of the ball. Moved the offense. Evan Ingram's emerged as one of the top tight ends in the league in terms of his play lately. Travis Etienne's handling a heavy workload and doing a good job. Defense shut down the Jets, even without top pick Trevon Walker. Jaguars are clicking right now at the right time and a team to watch for if they can get in the postseason with Trevor Lawrence becoming one of the best quarterbacks in the league. For the Texans, finally able to get on the board with a win again. They've quietly been playing actually well the past few games. Played the Cowboys tough, the Chiefs tough, and then beat the Titans last week. And as touched on earlier, they might be playing themselves out of the top pick. I think that's fine. I think you go hard. I know you could say the Jets did that a few years ago and they lost out on Trevor Lawrence. But these guys, they they want to win games. Coaches, players, everyone, they want to win and worry about the draft stuff later. And the defense has been the driving force behind Houston playing well lately. Lovey Smith side of the ball, obviously. And we'll see if they can limit the Jaguars this week. And the Texans did contain the Jaguars offense in the first matchup earlier this season, but Lawrence is a different quarterback now with the way he's playing. Now to the late afternoon games. There's four of them this week. Niners face the Raiders in Vegas. The move by Josh McDaniels to go with Jarrett Stidham and bench Derek Carr, longtime start for Vegas. Been through tons of ups and downs. Seems like mostly downs with some of the things the organization's gone through, including the John Gruden firing. Expectations were sky high after bringing in Devontae Adams, who is basically Gar's best friend, and also Chandler Jones. Haven't met those expectations. Carr struggled a bit, leads the league in interceptions, which is a surprise. Things just haven't clicked for Carr in McDaniel's offense in year one. And we'll see how Stidham, who has more experience, with McDaniels from his time with the Patriots, Bears, and I guess McDaniels is kind of curious. But one thing I'll say, like last week, I don't understand 
in the well below freezing temperatures. Why Josh Jacobs, what do you have? Under 20 touches, I know it was. I don't know exactly, like 16 maybe. And why, why wasn't he fed in such a close game 25, 30 touches to keep your playoff hopes alive? Anyway, big changes probably coming for the Raiders this offseason. Stranger things have happened. We've seen with the Niners, with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. But I would think Carr will be done with Vegas. And that might mean Devontae Adams wants to leave. Who knows? And Carr has said in the past, I believe, that he only wants to play for the Raiders, really. So it would be an interesting situation to see what he decides to do if McDaniels wants to go in another direction at quarterback with some intriguing options available this offseason. For the Niners, I'd say maybe playing better than anyone right now. I guess the Bengals and the Bills are also on long winning streaks. But San Francisco's defense has been dominant. I think Nick Bosa is the favorite for NFL Defensive Player of the Year after it looked like Michael Parsons was going to win for a long time. Christian McCaffrey's fit right in to Kyle Shanahan's offense. And maybe eventually Brock Purdy will have an off game, which would be understandable from a rookie especially. But right now he's given no reason to believe that's coming anytime soon. So the Niners, 10-point favorites, and we'll see if they can win in blowout fashion again this week on the road. The Jets face the Seahawks. Geno Smith facing the team that drafted him in 2013. Things have changed a lot with the Jets since then in terms of the players there and who's running the team or who's running the football operations there. But he didn't really have much of a shot after the incident where he was punched by a teammate and he's shown this season that he can play at a high level in the league. So I'm sure he has a chip on his shoulder coming in this one. Also, Pete Carroll does, who was fired by the Jets uh, decades ago. And both these teams looking to win a wildcard spot in their respective conferences. For Seattle, got some good things going with a ground game last week against Kansas City. They'll look to keep that going. And I think the Jets could use the same thing. Couldn't run the ball much at all against the Jaguars last week. And that's what they want to do on offense to play to one of the best defenses in the league. And Zach Wilson, he's now back to the bench after last Thursday night. It didn't go well at all. But it's kind of tough playing at home where every little thing that goes wrong, you're immediately booed mercilessly by the fans. And I think it's best for both sides if they just have a clean break this offseason somehow and Wilson goes with the new team. And it was kind of interesting to me. I know the quarterback run was a big part of it, but even the bootleg type of stuff, I thought the Jets called a better game maybe when Chris Jevler was in the game had easier throws and quicker throws. I don't know, maybe it was on Wilson. And I'm not saying that the Jets were like sabotaging Wilson or anything, but it's like they've just felt broken or straight-jacketed or something when Wilson's been in there this year, which has been strange. And so we'll see Mike White again, who I like and who's obviously playing better than Wilson is right now after White was out the past couple of games because of the rib injury. The Packers host the Vikings, Lambeau Field, after the Christmas Day win against the Dolphins, Aaron Rodgers, he knew what the schedule looked like and was looking forward to it, saying that how Lambeau Field isn't easy to play. and They're looking forward to having two dome teams, the Vikings and the Lions, come visit them the next two weeks. And just about everything Green Bay needed to happen did happen for them on Christmas Eve, and then they got the win on Christmas Day. Now 7-8, and eight, looking to get to 9-8 and eight and perhaps make the playoffs after didn't look likely. Uh, about a month ago. 
though they might have to do it without Christian Watson, who's dealing with a hip issue and left last week's game for Minnesota, finding a way to win close games. Greg Joseph had the 61-yard game-winning field goal against the Giants. Justin Jefferson had maybe his best game of the season in week one against the Packers, so that matchup is interesting. Green Bay, a strong pass defense, but again, couldn't contain Jefferson in the first matchup. And I think a case could be made, and Jefferson made it himself, that he should be getting some MVP consideration with a couple of games remaining. And the 17th game makes things easier, obviously. But he has a shot to break Calvin Johnson's single-season receiving record and could be the first receiver to hit 2,000 yards in a season. And then we have the Battle of L.A. Rams face the Chargers. L.A. again locked up their playoff berth with the Monday Night win over the Colts. So people can stop holding that against Justin Herbert. Brandon Staley has a defense clicking right now. The past three games, they've really been outstanding, allowing just over 11 points per game. But on the other side, the Rams, they're hot on offense. Baker Mayfield is comfortable in Sean McVay's scheme. I think he's making a case to be the answer long-term there, maybe. He might have to sit behind Stafford for a year or two or whatever. But if McVay is in LA long-term and doesn't go into broadcasting, I think it's a partnership that's looking great right now. And Cam Akers, who requested a trade and sat out a bit during the middle part of the season. He's emerged and looking more like himself after he didn't have the explosiveness he's showing now to open the season. He looked a bit slow coming off the Achilles injury that forced him to miss most of last season. So it's good to see him work his way back after a long road to look more like the player the Rams drafted out of Florida State in the second round. On Sunday Night Football, the Steelers faced the Ravens. This was flexed in. The Steelers had dominated recently. The series, the two previous seasons, but this year the Ravens won the first matchup at Pittsburgh, and we should be primed for a close game. Tyler Huntley fully expected to be at quarterback for Baltimore again. I'm not sure we see Lamar Jackson before the playoffs as he looks to get a new contract. Baltimore was able to run on the Steelers in their first matchup in the win, but Pittsburgh, they've tightened up their run defense at least last week against Vegas, and they know stopping J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards will be key on Sunday night, and I talked about it earlier. It was good to see the Steelers get a win on the night they honored Franco Harris. And I think probably just about everyone, aside from Raiders fans and maybe fans of rival teams, were happy with that result. And the Steelers are 6-2 and two with TJ Watt in the lineup this season. Not a group to can out getting at or above 500 with Mike Tomlin. So the Browns are up next for Pittsburgh, and they'll look to get to 8-8 eight and eight this Sunday night in what should be a throwback-style AFC North matchup. And then finally, Monday Night Football, the Bills face the Bengals in Cincinnati. One of the best Monday Night games of all time coming in. Bills have won six straight. Bengals won seven straight. I don't need to type this up much. I mean, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're going to be watching Bills versus Bengals on Monday night. For Buffalo, I like how they've gotten the run game going. Last week, Devin Singletary had 100 yard, over 100 yards on the ground. James Cook, I believe, had 99 yards on the ground, so one away from 100. And Josh Allen also did some damage, and they, all three of them scored touchdowns on the ground. And that's exactly what Sean McDermott's looking for, the complement, the passing attack, and the defense heading into the playoffs. And they also got the run game going last season down the stretch. And we know that'll be a factor in January, you would think. For the Bengals the past two weeks, it's been two exceptional halves and two down halves. They won both games. You could say maybe forward progress should have been ruled, but they made the key play. Von Bell, safety, punched it out of Ramondre Stevenson's hands in preserving lead and holding on to win last week at Foxborough. I'm interested to see how the Bills play Joe Burrow for the first time and try to stop the duo of T. Higgins and Jamar Chase 
fairly difficult to contain both them. Then you have Joe Mixon, Samaja Piran in the backfield. And on the other side, I'm curious to see how Lou Anarumo plays Josh Allen and what adjustments are made as Cincinnati's among the best at adjusting in the second half and playing strong second half defense. And the top seed in the AFC, still at stake. Buffalo, two wins and they get it. For the Bengals, if they can beat the Bills and have the Chiefs lose one of their final two games, then they'll get the top seed in the AFC. So 12-3 and three versus 11-4. and four. One of the best matchups in Monday Night Football history. It should be highly entertaining and a close game. We'll end this week's episode of the Wolf Sports Show right there. As always, thank you for listening. Enjoy all the games this weekend. Have a happy new year, and we'll be back next week.